So I got uh, a bunch of things to tell you about this week. Yeah. It's a, it was a pretty interesting week for sure. Um, and, uh, you know, we didn't really we caught up a little bit that one day, briefly, but mostly just via text. So I left Sunday and came back, you know, came back home last night. But Sunday I took off and went to um, Florida. Had a meeting Monday um, with the team. Met a guy at the airport uh, who manages the Florida region, and um, we're on the same flight. We're going to fly down to West Palm, and um, you know how I mean. I, I fly a lot, right? So I've been on a lot of good, bad, and ugly flights in my life. Um, the, the the bad ones are the ones you remember because the good ones are you don't remember because they're good. <laughs> There's no problems. Um, and I would say this is probably the second worst flight I was ever on, um, as far as as far as the flight itself. I've had weird situations on flights before that made them bad for different reasons, but uh, the people around me, that kind of thing. But you know, this year alone, I'll probably well, in the last two years, 2017, 2018, I'll you know be just short of two hundred thousand miles, right? So that's just in the last two years, a lot of flights, and. Uh, and for this to be like sort of the second worst flight I've ever was on, um, you know, made it uh, very memorable. So, a lot of times when you get on a flight and the, and the pilot knows, hey, we're going from A to Z, and we're going to run into turbulence, or this is the scenario, they give you a little bit of a heads up. They say, hey, you know, this is probably what the flight's going to be like. So, you know, early early parts good, bad parts great, whatever it is. Um, and they didn't they didn't do it on this flight, so. You know, I, I have my own routine, put my headphones on, play some games while I'm waiting for the internet to kick in. I had to do some work on the flight because I, uh, I had not really finished everything I needed to do for the meeting the next day. So um, I had every expectation that I was going to spend, you know, half of the three-hour flight working on my, on my laptop. So we take off from my normal routine, headphones on, listen to the music, playing some games, wait for the internet to kick in. And... Um, and so, the next thing you know, we start hitting a little bit of turbulence. And it, it was, you know, and when I mean a little bit of turbulence, I meant like, it, it was very dramatic, but at the same time, I've had sort of short bursts of dramatic turbulence and you don't think anything of it. So it did, really didn't phase me. But again, I still kind of have the headphones on, not really paying attention. And then all of a sudden, it gets really bad to the point where the plane is is tilting, you know, right. It's it's almost like it's banking and turning right because uh, and, and you could hear the wind, you know, whistling. I was uh, I was on the window, so you could hear it whistling over the plane, right? And um, it, it was a again, was it temporary? I don't know. I had I had the headphones on. I found out later that. Uh, the reason, probably the reason why I ended up taking the headphones off was because I heard them talking on the speaker. And apparently what had happened was the flight attendant was so nervous that she screamed, everyone sit down. <laughs> so fortunately I didn't hear that part, but it, 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 whatever, it was loud enough for me to pull the ear, earbuds out. And um, I guess the pilot must have heard the flight attendant because two minutes later, the pilot says, uh, you know, very calm, uh, you know, hey, uh, we've uh, obviously run into a little turbulence. And, um, and by this time, it's we're probably a good five minutes of, of this experience going on, ups and downs. And again, primarily banking to the right, uh, which was, you know, a very strange feeling to have um, while you're on a flight. And next thing you know he's kind of like just talking along getting getting everything you know everyone prepped that it's all going to be okay and you know that we're it's just turbulence ran into some weather um and what was probably the the funniest part of it to me was how he he kind of calmly says it's all you know this is what's going on and then he has this real long delay between the, the last thing he says like uh, we're going to last for uh this is going to last for another um, and he's like almost doesn't want to say it because he knows that people aren't going to be happy. Another 15 to 20 minutes and the whole plane's like, oh my goodness. And so for 
a solid 20 minutes. If I really don't know, but it could have been up to 30. We were banking. We felt like the, the plane was banking right when it when it wasn't. It was just literally just almost like leaning into the wind, um, because the wind was so strong. At the same time, we're going up and down, up and down, up and down, side to side. You know, um, so it, it was one of those where when the flight was finally over, you get off the plane. I look at my colleague who was sitting, you know, a few rows ahead of me, uh, and we just kind of looked at each other like that. That wasn't that wasn't good, and uh, but we were, you know. All right, now we got to get to the hotel, you know. But I guess individually we're just processing it. However, we were processing it, and then the next day it was kind of like that's when we both realized like that was really not a good flight. Like he, and that's when he told me about the flight attendant, <laughs> you know, screaming, and so we both obviously were processing how bad this flight was. Um, and and for me it was uh, like I said I was already going through the process of ranking this in all-time worst flights and the fact that it's actually ahead of the flight that I was on when the engine actually blew in midair and and then the pilot somehow got us you know from from 30,000 to, to zero uh, feet in 15 minutes which normally takes an easily 30 45 minute descent time um, that wasn't as scary as this one because it was just a single incident engine blew everyone was like what was that the pilot turns around and says, hey, our engine just blew. We're going to have to make a landing, you know, an unexpected landing. And, and then we did. And it was a very smooth flight and you know, all the way down. And there were no real issues other than that one single thing. But to have this sustained, you know, violent shaking and, and uh, you know, experiencing a banking uh, type of uh, scenario, I had never had that before. So uh, it, it helped. I tell that story because it helped my week. Um, it helped my week because I was, you know, it was a long travel week. It was a very important week for me as far as work. And, um, but I was not necessarily stressed out about work, the specific meetings. Um, but there was a lot of sort of internal struggles and frustration that existed. And I was no, I, I was, I knew going into the meetings had to be addressed in a certain way. And in many ways I was, you know, now that it's all over and I'm home and the week's over, it puts into perspective that that experience really helped me to have the right perspective of what was important um, and and how to how to make sure that um, you're prioritizing prioritizing the, the correct things um, and at the same time, you know, making sure that you know you're you're experiencing things in a way that allow for you to appreciate them in the now as well as not overemphasize things that are temporary good or bad um, so uh, I was able to sort of help to deliver that type of message in my meetings that probably would have wouldn't have come if I didn't have that experience right so um, so overall it, you know ended up being ended up being a great work week um, and I do it think that part of that is because of that experience that started the whole week off that you know if I would have said I want to have a violent flight uh, to start my week to make my week better I, who would have signed up for that right so um, so that I just wanted to, to, to start this whole conversation off with that experience because you know uh, obviously like I said I hadn't had a chance to really share that with you uh, and at the same time it, it probably will tie into some of the conversations we have today all right, you ready to have some fun with that? Absolutely. It's, okay. uh, you know, it's, by the way, I also referenced you in one of my meetings, not you specifically as far as your name, but um, I, uh, we were talking about some of the challenges we're having internally and how, uh, you know, it's important to put things into perspective, like I said, and also understand that there's, you know, there's always going to be challenges when you're growing as an organization and, um, and I, I simply said that, uh, yeah, I have a, a friend of mine, you know, with the, one of these uh, extremely positive people who I'm fortunate to have in my life. But there are times when I just want to complain for 15 minutes <laughs> and your response is, isn't that great that you could have this experience that makes you grow because without pain, you don't get growth. And I, and sometimes even because my point was to them was there are many, many times that we want to just sit back and complain. But the reality is, is that that statement you make to me is always true. I know that that's where growth is. 
but we all have those moments when we just want to complain for 15 minutes. <laughs> and, and the important part of that is if you're going to do that, no problem, but get to a place where you can turn that back into positive um, as well as understanding that, you know, there's no value in just you know, sitting around and uh, wallowing in those, you know, the self-pity or the frustration or Yeah, whatever. if complaining gets you to greater action faster, then it could be a positive, useful tool. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and you can only do that if you have the mindset to do that. Right. Mm -hmm. So let's have some fun with your flight. Okay. So what is worse, a physical trauma of dropping that fast or a mental trauma of... Um, sort of tying into knowing and being in control and what a normal flight should feel like and sort of being an area in the unknown, not just with an idea, but to the level that your life is on the line or you would feel that the, like, your life is on the line. Um, you know, I, I've, I would always say mental, I think partially because I, I in, that, in that particular case, it was all mental. Um, and I think most of the experiences we have, especially the ones that that drag on, are way more mental than physical. Physical trauma tends to happen in an instant, you know, like real bad trauma, car crashes, you know, that kind of stuff. At least that's the way my mind's processing that question right now. I mean, I'm sure we could sit back and think of deteriorating diseases and, you know. Yeah, that head yeah. into the mental realm. Right. And just like we've been trying to cure ourselves, I think more me, um, of absolutes, um, I think you can answer that from either perspective, but it's a, it's good to know that um, I guess it's three prong. It could be well, mental, it could be physical, it could be mental to physical, or physical to mental. Actually, four prongs. Yeah, uh, but I guess let me most just, let me, better. Let me, yeah, let me just expand on that just a little bit, because the mental part, I also I just really shared that story because you know most of our conversation would be around sort of these bigger topics, generally speaking, and how that applies to work or personal. But it also was an interesting experience for me personally. How did I handle that experience? What, what, how did I process that? Um, because uh, I will say as I've gotten older, uh, my, my ability to deal with um, challenging flights especially have been, uh, has, been, has changed. There was a time and a place early on with flying where I, I mean, I had one experience where it was a complete anxiety attack on the plane. Like I, I was standing there and I wanted to rip the door off the plane, you know, back by the, the flight attendants, because in my mind I needed to get off this plane. Like they had to calm me down to such a level that, I mean, I was at such a high anxiety level that they, they fortunately I had greater flight attendants that took care of me and, you know, made me calm down and everything. And then I went through a whole lull of never having any problems on flights at all. Uh, it just seems to be kind of ramping up again. But anyway, my point is that there's, there's, the, I, I kind of personally went through a, a good experience for me because it was, it put me through experience that I've never had before. On, hey, if you think you're going to really die in the next 20 minutes, what are you thinking about? What, what, what are those things that you're focused on? You know, and I, I got to experience that. And it was, you know, uh, it, it was, a gift in many ways to be able to know that, hey, I, I, sure, am I going to be upset and you know, uh, frustrated, concerned, whatever the quick emotions that go through you, but ultimately when I really, I actually calm myself down thinking about the things that are important to me, the people that are important to me, did I leave it all on the table, you know, as mm -hmm. it relates to life, you know, and obviously we can all say no to that question, but as much as you can say more yes than no, that, that's really ultimately what you want to be. You want to say, I've left it on the field more yes than no. Yeah. Right? So anyway, sorry that was a sign. No, no. Um, so do you feel that living in what you know and living in the comfort of what you know, that you're capable of the same growth as the uncomfortableness of the unknown or really realizing that maybe there's you're in a situation that you're not controlling and you have no idea how it's going to end well i think you know there's always going to be i probably that the short answer to that i would think would be that it always depends on how you embrace the scenario right um whether it's the unknown or the known, um, comfortable, uncomfortable, 
it's all about how you're going to decide to embrace that. I, I'm sure there are people that find a way to grow uh, in whatever way because they say to themselves, oh, okay, okay, I'm comfortable here. Now I'm, I feel comfortable enough to, to, to grow. We know that during that growth, there's some uncomfortable aspects to that. And then there are other people that, you know, thrust themselves into uncomfortable purposely because they know that's where growth is. Um, and they never, anytime they feel comfortable, that becomes an anxiety problem for them because they know, hey, this is, this is not where I grow. So I, I'd imagine that it really depends on how you, you as an individual find yourself growing uh, historically, even if, if you're even self-aware enough to, to, to be able to make those types of decisions. Most people, unfortunately, I think, don't realize they grow until either they're in it or they're already through it, right? Then they look back and go, oh, I really grew from that experience even though it was painful, right? right. So um, I think most people don't are not conscious of, hey, I want to consciously put myself in uncomfortable so I can grow, or hey, I'm comfortable enough now to make an attempt to grow and I'm going to jump off from that point. So Now, here's a question about paralleling. Now, we know that the plane isn't the filter. You're, you're the filter mm -hmm. of the experience. So whether it be you trying to get off a plane or what you went through now, what do you feel, is a better question, do you feel you're paralleling how you live your life, even though as you live it, the volume on that parallel may be so low that you can't hear it, but because you were thrust into a situation for the volume to be at 10, um, you can really see how you are living your life. Yeah, I, I mean... Uh, the, so take us back to clawing yeah, off the yeah, plane. Yeah, yeah, Where yeah. are you clawing off your life? Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, the, the parallels, I guess it, it's more of a, it's almost like it gives you an idea. Uh, these experiences always give you a snapshot of where you are um, in your life as it relates to being happy or content or are you on purpose or, you know what I mean? Um, because... When you look at, uh, so you're saying, does if regret or gratitude shows up, like, <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um, but I will say that there were moments during that stretch where I was very comfortable flying, that it didn't necessarily have anything to do with. Um, it was almost like that was also a, a, a reflection of not that I was super happy and I was super content. I would say that it all many times on those types of flights. I was more hopeless. I was more like, I don't even care if this plane goes down because I'm just so hopeless in my personal life, professional, whatever. So it, it, it can, it's not just sort of this one little snapshot of sort of, are you happy, not happy? It also can be, how extreme are you in the other direction? You know, because um, I would say that I'm, um, although I do answer this question the same way all the time, which is what is the happiest time in your life? And I, I always answer that question right now because, you know, uh, there were happy times in the past and things we did, but you should always try to make right now the happiest time of your life, right? So um, whether it is or it isn't and it is, is a different thing. That's a results-driven question. Like I can then you know, look back and so or I can specifically say, am I happy today? And it might be a yes, no, but when you kind of put a bunch of days together, you're ultimately trying to make that your happiest time and then you move on to the next thing. So there is something there as it relates to parallels, but you'd have to almost dig into the specifics of the situation to say, okay, this experience happened and where were you? And then kind of plot that on a graph, if you will, to see if there's, you know, there's plenty of data points that you can say, but I would also say that there's probably the counter of that too, which is if you're also to a point where you have no reaction. It could be because you just don't care anymore. You're just like, I don't care if this plane goes down. <laughs> um, so <clears throat> not that you can know this for sure, but what would be your best guess <clears throat> that brought the flight attendant to responding like she did? I think a part of, <clears throat> part of it was probably, um, she was, she looked like she was newer, younger, um, probably hadn't experienced a lot of that yet. Um, I got to imagine that taking that job, 
there's plenty of flight attendants that even though from our vantage point, oh, they must love flying, right? That's the assumption we all make. But they're just like people who either do or don't like flying. I, I'm on flights with people <clears throat> that fly all the time that are that hate flying and people who don't fly all the time that love flying. So, And then all the other, you know, more stereotypical um, people who never fly because they hate to fly kind of people and vice versa. And that, that there, there has to be flight attendants that are all over that spectrum too. So I, I got to imagine that uh, that she's she was either new within the role, or maybe she was had other like maybe mounting experiences now, where she's kind of getting worn thin with those types of experiences. So uh, I couldn't say like to your point, I couldn't say what her specific thing is, uh, but I just I know I'm, I've been around enough flight attendants to know that there uh, it could be a variety of other things, including just a single personal issue that say hey. I have, a, I have a real personal problem happening at home that I, I really need to prioritize, and this this can't be happening right now. I need to be home. I need. And to it be could have been your buddy projecting, right? <laughs> Correct. She could have said, everybody sit down because people needed firm yep. instructions. Correct. He could have been scared and saw that as her freaking out because right. he was exactly freaking out. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and, and absolutely right. And, you know, I was hearing it third third hand, so I didn't uh, didn't know. So I have one more comment about the flight attendant and then uh, another question about that. Um, so the interesting part is, is I think what's interesting is with you having your headphones on, you were unable to have chatter of an influence into your experience, right? Whether right. you thought she was scared or whether you thought she was right. comforting, you had your headphones on so you weren't necessarily, that wasn't a part of your experience. Right. Um, and then it was different for him because he went as far as to remember it enough to mention it yeah. that it was part of his experience. So it's important the things we listen to and what we expose ourselves to because they're going to become part of our experience. Yeah, for you sure. know, and who knows to what level, probably to our level of acceptance of belief in what is said, that's probably a level that we allowed into our experience. Well, well let me, and let me expand on that because that, that was one of the things that became one of the ways that the week became great is because I started, the whole week I decided to do two things uh, every day to set my mind right for the day. And I don't think that would have been there if I didn't have this experience, right? Um, and this goes to the point you just made about it's about the filter and the information you decide to expose yourself to. In that case, and he didn't, have a choice uh, I was fortunate I had the headphones on but um, but we do have a choice every day to say how am I going to start my day what music am I going to expose myself to what news am I going to expose myself to what commute conversations am I going to start my day with and when that happens and I at least for me when I'm trying to get my mind right for a specific purpose for the day there are a few things that I can historically do that set my mind right for the day and one of those is from a music perspective i sitting in, the, in a hotel room and i don't really turn the tv much on any, anymore because there's nothing on there that has any positive influence on my day generally speaking but i'll throw music on and i can say okay i'm going to have a very aggressive day so let me throw on some you know heavy rock or heavy rap or whatever and, and most of those days end up being very aggressive and a lot of conflict and if for no other reason than I'm reacting to information from that perspective, right? So I decided, you know what, I'm doing nothing but, you know, uh, Bob Marley specifically with his channel on, on Pandora and then whatever came out of that in sort of a relaxing tone. And then similar to prayer for you, they, there's a sort of a meditative exercise that I've been doing for a long time. It's a, it can be anywhere from 30 seconds to five minutes and it's just a whole process of Imagining as I breathe, you, you know, in and out, uh, you know, I'm, in, in, I'm inhaling positive and then I'm ex exhaling negative. And then after a certain period of time when I, f I can feel the change in sort of that relaxed state of, okay, that stress is starting to go away, then I go into inhale positive, project positive, right? And that's how I ended up starting every day. And with that sort of a music that got my day kind of relaxed and mellow and, and ready to go. And then this, you know, three minute to five minute experience as it relates to mindset. 
and then I was off and running. And um, and I there's definitely was positive for me um, in that way. And that's uh, you know a similar uh, exercise you do every day as it relates to prayer, right? Is get your mind right, expose yourself to the the, the words and the and the information and the message that you need to for that day, and then uh, it sets your mind right, right? So. I mean, I, I'm a, I'm talking for you, right. but but I, I think that that based off of what I know about you, that's so. so that's what sort of value would you put that preparation time as far as your experience of a day? So, you know, I would say that it's probably the most important thing that I do every day, or don't do um, if I don't do it, because um, because if even if I end up having to go through the day and for whatever reason I'm not as prepared as for work as I'd like to be. I don't have the data that I'd like to have. I don't, I don't have, I didn't spend enough time doing the, uh, the, the research uh, or whatever I'm preparing for that day. Uh, that stuff I've been around now going almost 20 years, right? So I could probably get through a meeting and, and kind of wing it, right? It's, it doesn't mean that's going to be a good meeting, but I have enough <laughs> like lifetime preparation in these conversations to get me through it, to struggle through it. Um, where that where that really comes into play for me is, isn't just to, it's just think of the opportunities that present themselves and I could come from a positive mindset. I feel more open to conversation. I feel more open to, to back and forth dialogue. Uh, I find myself to be genuinely more uh, engaging with people who I may or may not know where, um, you know, I have a tendency at times to just stay in my head and, Oh yeah. Oh, by the way. Oh hi. Uh, you know. So I don't. I'm not. A, I'm sometimes not aware of the people around me because I'm not the not the right mindset. So this that whole process is a so important because it, I think it opens me up to um, experiences and people and dialogue and conversations that I wouldn't have. And then the other part that is is probably as critical is when I'm presented with challenging information that day, a challenging situation. My mindset is in a positive place to handle that better than if I'm in a negative place and I just want to fight. And okay, they want to fight, I want to fight. And instead of saying, okay, I might still have to fight, but maybe I'm starting with other options. Right, so it raises your awareness and then it makes your influence or impact or involvement in that situation, it changes your trajectory to be a positive influence in those arenas, which is cool that you sort of led into that because my next question was um, where are you in your life like the pilot mm -hmm. and where are you in your life where you wish you were more like the pilot? Yeah, so um, I would say that, and again, I, uh, this is, goes back to the filter, he might have been freaking out up there. Exactly, but, he, but does but that he matter? Knew, but he knew that this at that moment... Because it's how a, we impact others Exactly. He while we're going through what we're going through. Exactly. Is what's most important. Absolutely, and so, um, so there's there's that knowledge that I don't really know what he was experiencing, but he at least was conscious enough to say and aware enough to say, in this moment I can't be, you know, everyone you know duck for cover, uh, <laughs> unless we had to duck for cover. Um, but it was it was in that the particular. Pits filling up with foam. Everybody get out of here. <laughs> it, it's, it was he was in a position to say, okay, this is. Um, something we have to experience so why freak everybody out let me just you know uh, try to be a calming voice here so and let me just finish on that experience and sure. I think I'll answer that um, because I went through I without knowing what the flight attendant said there was probably a four five minute period where I was the flight attendant internally I could, my heart was pounding right and I went to my breathing exercises, focused on something in front of me because I was I kind of have an, had an open space, kind of a big space in front of me. I wasn't a chair right in front of me. I just focused on something in front of me and just shut down everything. I wasn't even listening to music anymore. Just focused on that. Closed my eyes when I wanted to. Just focused on breathing. Next thing you know, I was the pilot. At least what I thought he was mm -hmm. <laughs> from a perception standpoint. That voice, very calm, very relaxed. Um, in that particular case, again, talking about what you focus on, I was focusing on my family, my wife, my kids. That's all I was focusing on. That's all I was thinking about. That's all I uh, spent my time 
you know, and it wasn't even like I expanded on all these regrets or it was just simply, I just want to think about them. I just want to envision them. I just want them, I want to, you know, in my mind, project to them that, hey, if this is, if these are the last thoughts that I'm going to have, what do I want those thoughts to be for me? And potentially if, if they can feel that in that sort of cosmic way, if you will, um, they could feel that. I don't want them to feel me fe- fearful going down if they can feel that, right? If Your family. Correct. Right, yeah. I wanted them, them to feel nothing but love. And it's interesting that you said that because I was thinking as you were talking, do you think you calming yourself down and the exercises you went through gave comfort to the pilot? I, I, me personally, absolutely. I, I definitely feel like our... Uh, influence. We're a contributor, and from my perspective, uh, we are contributors to the process in whatever way that is. And if if the whole plane went crazy, then he would feel that, and be as the anxiety would lift the room, right? That would lift that particular experience, and perhaps he would be so anxious. Well, maybe we should do this instead of that, and instead of let's just ride the wave and let's just <laughs> deal with this wind and. The best course of action is to do exactly what they were trained to do, but you know. So I personally do believe, maybe not me as an individual, but collectively, everyone was in a place to sort of help that experience. So absolutely, I'm a big believer in that. I know it sounds a little woo-woo and and uh, you know, kind of uh, um, maybe not tangible, uh, but if you kind of go back and think to yourself, you may not be able to control every situation or every experience, but what contribution can you make when you're there, right? And, and can you be that calming voice for the person next to you that then makes the next person not as anxious and so forth and so on? Because um, I will say that I think that the person next to me, whether they, they might have been going crazy internally, but for me, I couldn't listen to anything. I didn't want to listen to music and I didn't want to watch any more of the movie I was watching or any of that stuff. Um, because that's not what I wanted to focus on if this was going to be the, the it. Mm. But to see out of the corner of my eye from time to time that he had no problem just continuing watching his movie, that was calming. That was calming for me, even though I was saying to myself, I'd rather focus on these things. Yeah. I don't want to watch this movie or whatever it is. It's not what I want to spend my time thinking about. So, and it's, uh, it was ended up being an unbelievable week personally and professionally so I, I couldn't wait to, to have this conversation um, because I, I knew that this is what I wanted to share um, that experience so and it's interesting enough that you can clearly find connections with what you're talking about they I mean you've seen the water things where you play different types of music and yep. how it changes how it turns into ice and yep. the crystals and the way they form so there's, there are connections there, and I always try to relate people back to what a cell phone can do. I mean, it always blows my mind that through space, letters can go into words, can go into sentences, can go into books. Well, can go break, into, that, break that down even further. It's really, somehow it's electrical pulses that are somehow interpreted as ones and zeros that then become characters, that then become letters. In know, waves, yeah, in frequencies or whatever they go through. So and, I mean, and to be honest with you, with me just saying that, I'm not even 100 percent sure that how that works. Right. <laughs> I, I used to making assumptions that in my mind that's how that works, even though I could be completely wrong. That that's not really how it works. And, and all we need to know yeah. is enough percentage of it to make it work. It doesn't yeah. matter if we have 50 yeah. percent of that that's still unknown. And I think the human body is far beyond the phone. So yeah. I think it's capable of yeah. of of amazing things. We we only put limits on it. Right. You know, we're the ones that put the limits on it. So. so after you have an experience like that, are you more or less willing to be uncomfortable or to get yourself in certain places uh, in your life so that you can have effect on other areas of your life? You know, I, I probably haven't spent enough time yet because uh, I was, you know, it was such a, such a busy week, which by the way, I had to get on two more flights that week. So, um, there, although I it's always a good thing, right? Yeah, well, it, 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 getting back on the horse, if you will, right? Um, but I didn't have any anxiety going on to those flights because, you know, uh, I knew statistically that the, you know you'd rather be on the flight if the, you'd rather get on the absolute next flight out 
um, when you're on a bad flight, because statistically that flight can't be as bad as the one you just on. <laughs> you know, so you, you just know that the, the, the probability is really low that you're going to have back-to-back experiences like that. So, um, but I, I honestly haven't spent enough time um, really thinking about that impact, you know, sort of and how it's going to um, push my trajectory. I, I will say that I am by not just verbalizing this to you, but also I, I, I noticed, I was very aware of the week and the changes um, that I w- was conscious of making, the conversations that I was having, um, the reactions that I had, so forth and so on. So I was conscious of it enough to know that it, it impacted this week so much. The question I think you're really asking me is how does it now move, continue on, right? Uh, and I don't, Obviously, I would like to have more of those experiences, both off of this individual experience, but also uh, what other scenarios uh, do you put yourself in to grow in a way that allows for you to continue on that path? And, um, you know, I don't know the answer to that because I haven't really spent enough time really processing that part of it. Um, But I will say that it definitely led me to two conversations with my kids already in a way that I didn't have any... So it's almost like these things are already unconsciously happening uh, without me thinking of, okay, how can I <laughs> consciously move my, myself in this direction? But just with, with you know, my son, it was, um, it was just text messaging back and forth, you know, while I was traveling because I hadn't heard from him in a little bit. And, you know, all I really wanted to know was, hey, how are you doing? And more importantly, what can, do you need anything from me? Right? I just needed him to know that I'm available. You know, uh, we ended up getting into a little bit of a conversation about some of his interviews that are coming up. And I was like, you, you know, I've done hundreds and hundreds of interviews and conducted them. Use me as a resource. Let me know how I can help. You know, what do you need from me? And uh, the question, what do you need from me, brought all that kind of out. Now, he hasn't said, yes, yeah, I want to take advantage of that yet. Um, but nonetheless... Um, my willingness to be there. Not that I wouldn't be. We'd all be there for your kids, but sometimes you don't verbalize it. Sometimes you're just like, oh, well, they know I'm there for them. You know, and it's just so important to make sure, even if they say, oh, yeah, I know. You, know, you don't have to say that to me, you know, dad, whatever. You need you need to say it. You have to say it. And so then I'm with my daughter last night and she's like, oh, I want to go get, you know, I'll go to get the uh, the food with you tonight for dinner. Let's go jump in the car, and she's driving now, and she wanted to drive, and I said, fine. So, you know, we were talking about a couple different things, and that was exactly what I said to her was, you know, after we talked about all these things and, you know, her, her uh, you know, applying to colleges and all the stress that she's dealing with, you know, my whole thing was, well, you need to let me know how I can help you, what I'm, I'm here for you, what do you need from me, you know, and let me know if something in an hour changes that you need from me or a week from now um, that you need from me. So those were unconscious things that I did that I would say that I, I, I'm always there for them, but I don't know if I would have verbalized it in that way with, without having that experience. So I think it's already spider, you know, spider webs are, are kind of going out. That's what I like about um, core values and intent is that it's always enough to get you started. Like whether it be love or caring or just knowing what your heart is for your kids. If you have that as your foundation and you show up, when you open your mouth, you're gonna say the right thing. Yeah. Or the right thing's gonna come out that you didn't even expect to come out, but it came from such a good place that that's where the real power is versus thinking of all these words to say, but not saying them with the heart and then just being a bunch of words. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, well, it's always great to tap into that. And I think that keeps things simple for you too because if you had to figure out what to say to everybody based on everything they need to hear, which is the most important thing, not what we want to say, it would get confusing. But if you know that if you could love a person, you know you'll be in the ballpark and that makes you have better conversations. It allows you to have them quicker because you're not in your own head trying to figure it out. And it gives you the foundation you need to make sure you hit the strong points of I love you and I care about you without trying to find 50,000 words to say I love you and care about you without saying I love you and care about sure. you. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a, and a, it really, you know, 
it connects to 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 I think what we talked about last week and and why we're here today, right? Is that uh, it's about taking action, right? It's about yes, I've, I haven't taken any action yet as it relates to what am I specifically doing for them, but there are times when. But you did. You, you, you did you, something. Yeah, you did. I yeah. did, and and I think that. Because to your point about the words, words are important. Words, you, you know, you have to tell people how you feel about them, and all that stuff is very important. But when you also attach that to your willingness to take action with them, and then then ultimately being able to take action for them, you know, if you if it's a process of step one is the words, step two is is creating an environment to be available, and step three is actually doing something. You know, it was it was good to go from one to two. Right and and so now I know you read another question, but I'm no, going to no, flip no, this no, around no, on you. No, no. Um, yeah, no, you I, well, I think, I think there is. There's myself. sometimes there is no two without one. Like, how could somebody have the trust to want you to let you be part of their life without knowing that you even care? Well, you know, that, that, absolutely. That because and how many how many times have you been put in a situation where you're asked to do step two and you're like, but I don't trust this person. I don't feel comfortable with this person. And sometimes because of work or whatever it is, you, you, you have to. Um, but you, that's when you feel awkward. You're like, this doesn't feel right. It's, it's, yeah, they're asking me to do stuff, you know, for... Yeah, exactly. People right. can get to the point where... And I think, I think that's great because one of my problems is asking for help. So I actually don't see somebody as burdening me. I'm like, wow, what a great gift that they're willing to go to another place and they realize that they have something to give and take that's going to help them get there faster than they could on their own. I actually don't see that as a burden at all. I see that as a, as a, as a talent. Well, and yeah. it's funny that you, you say it like that because, you, you, you know, as far as you, it's not something you're willing to do, but at the same time, you appreciate it in other people partially because you struggle with it, you've identified it. Well, it's a seed in my life right now right. that I'm watering. Right. That's right. You know, it, it's not it, not everything is the rose bush. Right. And, 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 and things that you did 15 years ago are things that wouldn't even be something you'd want to do now for a variety of reasons. Not, not that they're bad. It just mm-hmm. is not the right thing for you anymore. Uh, and so there's, to your point about the, the seed growing, is that you constantly have to be planting new seeds, growing, you know, watering them to, to become something else. And other times you say, you know what, I'm not making that crop anymore. Um, that's just a crop I don't, I don't need in my life anymore. Whatever that is. And yeah, it doesn't hurt that you put the seed in and then don't water it or anything. That's fine. Right, right. But if if you're felt led to put the seed in, you put the seed in. Right. Because then the next day you may be led to water it, but you can't water a ground that doesn't have a seed in it. Right. So you just take each step as it comes. And some seeds you just have to let nature water for you. And right. And but you don't want to not plant the seed just because two days later you may not feel like watering it. Right. Don't right. decide right. today what you're gonna right. do tomorrow because you have no idea what you're gonna do tomorrow. Exactly. Which which was what, you know, the statement that I made to you this morning about, well, what was the thing I put in my text about, you know, today, something about today, making today great or something. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll tell you something, a fun game I was playing with myself. I don't even know what a vegan is okay. <laughs> or what a vegan eats, but I've been telling myself I'm a vegan, okay. even though I'm eating meat and everything. <laughs> and the reason I'm doing that is because I'm starting to make better choices because I'm telling myself I'm a vegan. Sure. So I'm eating things less that I didn't want to eat all by playing a vegan game with me. Sure. So um, you well, don't have to be like, I'm, I'm not <laughs> in a situation where I'm intently lying. I'm lying as a joke for myself to create a response while having fun. I don't right. have to drag myself through change. Right. So it's a joke I'm playing with myself, no, but I'm getting the response I like. I'm I a vegan. I say to Jen, wait, what's all this stuff in the house? I'm a vegan now. <laughs> I did the same thing this morning. I'm drinking a cup of coffee and I'm walking by. Um, we got a new um, like sort of armoire in our kitchen. Uh, that was one of the things that was different when I came back, which is always fun when, when, the, when they go out and buy some stuff for the house and it's different. So... I look through the, the new cabinet and I'm drink and grab my cup of coffee and, and I've been trying to do this intermittent intermittent fasting on a regular basis. Um, some days are easier than others, and some days you know around nine thirty, your second cup of coffee, you're like, ugh, you know, I could really go for something, but just make it to lunch, just make it to lunch. And I'm looking, it's got all this glass, and I see, you know, I'm looking at it, and I don't see cookies. I see and my brain goes sugar bomb, sugar bomb. Sugar bomb, right? Like, because all, you know, all I want to do really 
is eat. And so what my body's like craving, you know, you know, energy and saying, Hey, well, there's some energy right there. Go eat that energy right there. But because to your point, I'm not technically doing the keto diet 100%, but I kind of, that's what I'm telling myself I'm doing, even though at lunchtime I'm like, I'm going to have a sandwich. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, the bread doesn't have any sugar in it. Yeah. <laughs> Just forget that, you know. But uh, but you, you play these little tricks because even though I might not do it every day, I'm closer to being on the keto diet by telling myself that. Exactly than, right. Than not telling myself at all because it makes those cooking choices go away it makes yeah the donut choices go it's away. just planting that like the planting the seed you it's know like the, the david goggins thing right about like uh tricking yourself you know i don't really want to want to run 20 miles today so you let you let mediocrity kick in and win it win every once in a while say all right we'll just do a light six and then once you're two miles in you're like fuck six i'm gonna do 20 yeah right yeah uh the last little thing i have is sort of and you can answer this from both sides of the equation so if we see awareness and relate it to lifting weights, because that's just the easiest thing to see, incremental things, you can lift five pounds for a couple weeks and then you're ready for 10. So some experiences grow that way. But sometimes you can lift five pounds for a couple weeks, have a great day and lift 20, but that's not usually your every day. Mm -hmm. So relating it to the flight, there's times where you've been going through things that have prepared you for that moment. Mm -hmm. And then there are things about that moment that have stretched you to the point that things less than that will be a little easier, even though those things, though those aren't things you were used to doing. Yep. And that's the gift of, of the stretch. Sure. The gift of the stretch is everything underneath is a little more possible now that you have something to say, well, that was so much more and I was able to do it this way. Right. So it's, it's good in both ways. It's great about the training side. It's great about preparing you for the best way possible to handle the stretch, but the stretch is also nice to have you be able to handle some things that are less than that, that you couldn't put yourself in those environments every day, but you're much better prepared for because you already know you can do it. Or you see how you'd like to do it better. Sure. And I think, the other, again, a lot of those, these types of experiences really just put so many things into perspective, right? And um, it makes you... Um, you know, makes you really understand what's important for you uh, and it uh, minim minimizes the noise. One of the other things I, I learned about myself this week was where I was, uh, you know, I, I was finding myself, you know, good and bad, um, not having emotional swings related to wins and losses. Um, so as, a, as we were losing certain things this week, we meaning myself and my team, um, my, my stress related to that loss, the emotional negative swing, the frustration, the anger, whatever it was, was lessened. Um, 24 hours later, I get great news, uh, a win uh, or two, and I wasn't extremely overwhelmed with joy either. Which I, I'm not saying is a bad thing. It's just more of again the perspective of the the, the perspective I got because of the situation allowed for me to recognize that well, maybe those things aren't as important as they I thought they were. Well, it makes right? me think of the pilot. We have a spot we're taking off. We have a spot we're landing. Am I going to have to fly on my left right. for an hour? Am right. I going to have to slow down the speed? Am I going to? I mean, yeah. that's all we're really doing, and we get so stuck on the turbulence right. that we don't do our best flying because we're so worried about the, the turbulence. Right. And we miss the next correction to make the flight as comfortable as possible. Right. Or not, <laughs> whatever, whatever, yeah, it's, whatever cause, it cause, brings. Because we're closed off and fixated on you know, whatever the, those things the are. The win or yeah. the loss. Yeah. And they're not anything. They're just on the ride to the destination. Right, it's just part, it's part of the process and you know. Uh, we're, we're the only ones <laughs> that gave them any kind of meaning. Right, I mean, because there's a flight going on right now that's having a maybe even a worse experience than I had on Sunday, but it has nothing to do with me. So I'm thinking that oh, all flights are in my mind, all flights must be going off swimmingly today, mm -hmm. right? That's what we're all thinking because we don't want that to happen to anybody. So we don't sit around thinking, you know, well, somebody else should be experiencing what I experienced today. You know, that they should have to do that. No. Well, how many great books are great because of talking about wonderful experiences all the time? Right. 
there are, you know, a lot of them are great because people can relate to the fact that people are in the same situation they're in or a little better or a little worse. The starting point really isn't relevant as much as we make it relevant. But um, what well, people end up doing with that? Well, there isn't there isn't anything whether it, you know there's a reason why art you know movies music all these things exist you know in in our lives um, in, in whatever way they're important to to you the, the reason why they exist is because they they allow for you to have these little tiny experiences that um, really we all go through in a way that we obviously are not necessarily a, attached to. But there would be, and there would be no good movies and good music without some sort of level of meaning and rub and conflict that's in that that allows for it to become meaningful. If it was a song, you know, I mean, the only song I can think of that's not like that is the friggin' song Happy. Like, how many songs exist out there that are just purely about, uh, you know, with no conflict? Uh, in there and I don't really know the lyrics well enough to know maybe there is something in there in, in the lyrics that says this is why you should be happy because of these negative things I don't know the song well enough because I only know the chorus but uh, but when you think about anything that you've been attached to with that it's because that's the way life is that's what we experience and, and that's where meaning comes from is the coming through the other end of something that was tragic challenging you know whatever level of um, you know experience that was that would have required that growth so so to end this section what would you say to positively impact anybody who hears the next five seconds um yeah i think that probably you know i've said the word a few times i think that you got you have to make situations or, or experience you have to go through experiences but sometimes you have to either make the experience or or create a space for yourself to allow for there to be the, the proper perspective in your life of what's important and what's not important um, what what's noise and what's what's real um, you know sometimes I haven't even gone through the analysis of what what was I going through what what uh, sort of I guess groove, negative groove was I in that required this level of shaking. Oh, hey, wake up. Have better perspective. You know, I haven't even dug into that nugget of, you know, <laughs> of possibility, right? It's just, but I think if you're not having those experiences, whether it's forced or it's forced upon you, you, you have to tr try to uh, create that space that you take time and you say to yourself, what does this mean for me? Because it gives you the proper perspective to allow to prioritize things in your life that are um, most important. And then you can then make decisions from there that allow for you to have a happier life, in my opinion. So that's what I would, I would leave.